When things go wrong, you're scared. Knowledge is power. There's a lot about this virus that we don't know. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Peter Lynch and DJ Barker. All right, let's uh, quit being foolish and get to Let's some get to findings. business, all right? Let's get yeah, to work. Okay, so we've got a situation today that we want to talk about uh, involving two individuals, Rochelle and Adam. They're in their 60s, mid-60s, uh, got grown children. <clears throat> They're embarking on retirement in 2021, next year. Um, their investment advisor assures them they have enough money to retire. They've tried to assuage did I say that right assuage their fears I think put aside their fears how can I say it any better uh, using online calculators but those require a set of variables they don't know how to fill in uh, they don't want to overspend in the first few years as they know they're headed into retirement with high unemployment and low interest rates it's really tough to re-enter the job market after you decide you're going to retire yeah yeah. So, you know, this is it's an important question. Their their question, their main question is, how do you determine the safe portfolio withdrawal rate at the beginning of retirement? Uh, they found the method is uh, backed by historical data and research, but don't quite know how to apply it. And with you guys being financial planners in the general sense, uh, we figured that you all could flesh this question out really good. So, um I know there's a lot of rules of thumb. There's people that have uh, put out, you know, various percentages. Mm. And um, I figure we'll go down this path. And at the end of it, because Hensler Financial doesn't use a rule of thumb or anything mm. of the sort, mm -hmm. we can explain how we do it. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about this piece first. It, it, and it is a question that comes up, uh, like DJ was saying earlier, all the time. Well, yeah, we get this one a of lot. the worst things First that meetings. you could ever do is it, outlive your money, right? Oh, yeah. You don't want to die broke yep. exactly. if you don't have to, for sure. And right. I think the question, one of the questions that came up was leaving too much on the table. And I'd rather always have too more, much more, than not enough. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, let your money outlive you. <laughs> right. That, that's, well, Dr. Gene says something that I always love. He says... That really what you want to do, if you do it perfectly, the last check you ever write will bounce. Right. Exactly. And that I don't know of anybody that ever does that. But, I mean, that's that's perfect. It's hard to I get perfection. And that, that percentage that comes up, you know, when people say, how much can I spend? It's typically been, in the past anyway, 4 to 4.5%. Four right. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into those calculations. Sure. Um, I mean, there, there are ranges. Uh, one big factor that's going to come into play is inflation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's been, you know, inflation of two versus a four, you're, things are a little bit more expensive. You well, know I mean? yeah, gets... and, and inflation's not, it's not uh, uniform throughout either. And one of the things that you use more of in your old age is health care. And guess healthcare. what? Health care <laughs> is one of the biggest sources of inflation yeah. in our economy. Health care and education. So you get... Lots of inflation early on, and you get even more inflation in <laughs> yeah. the late stage of your life. Not but, fair. Uh, I mean, life is not fair. If we've said anything else true on this radio show today... There it can, is. Yeah, there you go. All right, Peter. Well, so, I was, was going to say, too, just a couple of things to look at. I mean, you these apply to tax-advantaged accounts, so retirement accounts, IRA accounts. Yeah. Um, 
and you've got a certain longevity, 30 years. So those are some fixed things that obviously can change throughout this time period. Um, I think one of the big things too to know that is this is ongoing. You've got to continually update a plan that you have in place. How frequently um, would you say to do that? At a minimum, every two years, unless something major comes up. Okay. Uh, retirement, birth, marriage. Changes divorce, in your plan. Divorce. Death. Yeah. yeah. You know, any of those. And I think, um, you know, we get we get the question a lot and we, we talk through this. And I think it's important to understand that, yes, you don't have all the right answers. Meaning, even clients that we're running financial plans for, they don't know exactly what's going to happen in 20 years. But you do the best guesstimation you can. This is my retirement, and this is what I intend to look like right now, and that's what we have to deal with to get you through retirement. So though there's going to be, when you look at the, these online platforms and you're going through these questions, this list of things, you know, you, you can only at least answer the best you can, but we also know that life is what happens when you're making other plans. You know, as you're planning, well, you're still going to live, so you still have to just guesstimate the best you can to fill sure. out this document as you kind of go through. Um, and I think that's going to be important, and that's what we continue to tell our clients. We we know you don't know when your roof is going to go out, but if you if you need to have a little bit on the side to replace the roof in 10 years, let's go ahead and start planning for it now. Yeah, and emergency we're gonna, reserve. Yep, the, the emergency reserve is always there. So mm -hmm. though you don't have, yes, the defined, here are all my expenses to answer this question, let's try to find the best one when you're filling out these online platforms. Now, when we come back from break, we should probably talk about how Hensler plans and why we do it a little bit differently from kind of what some of these online profiles tell us what we need to pull from. Uh, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline number is 1-855-429-9166. Uh, the way it works, you call in, you'll get our uh, our voicemail message uh, at the beep. You'll answer, you will uh, give us your question. We'll play it on the air and uh, answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Um, you can ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, they will patch you through to her. She will get your question to us, and we'll answer it on the air as well. Uh, the other way is through email. You can email us at drgene@hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, just uh, include your question. We'll uh, make sure to answer your question on the air. We'd always love to hear from you. Um, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com, if you're a do-it-yourself type. There are loads and loads of information uh, that is downloaded for your viewing, reading pleasure. Uh, that, again, is spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, that phone number, by the way, the 770-429-9166, is the number you can call and uh, get in touch with DJ Barker, who is here with me today. Oh, yeah. Or Peter Lynch, who is also here with me today. Hello. If you want to get in touch with me, I ask DJ. I don't know. Yeah, he... I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I usually work behind the scenes. Uh, glad to answer questions, usually remotely a bit, though. Um, so, uh, guys, yeah. we've been talking about this situation, and uh, you know, there's a couple of other methods that uh, are common in the market. Um, Peter, you've already told us what's if you're going to use a percentage, people have kind of landed on that four to five percent. Mm -hmm. We'll call it four and a half. <laughs> uh, in times prior, there have been people who have recommended even more than that. 
Yeah. Uh, and if you think about it, um, you know, if you go spending four or five percent of your uh, of your nest egg on an annual basis, and you don't grow that, so you got to have a portfolio that grows at least by that much, right? Otherwise, you're going to have to be faced with a, a reduction in spending on an annual basis, right? Correct. You need to hopefully be flexible. Right. And and as you've already mentioned, we've got inflation to, con, you know, to, to be concerned about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there are a couple of methods we haven't talked about. Schiller CAPE, C-A-P-E, uh, is one such methodology that uh, differs from the just straight up percentage amount. And uh, how does that work? It's the, I think it's cyclically adjusted to P-E, right? Correct. That's what the CAPE stands for. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's just a calculation to help you with what they ask for, sustainable withdrawals. Can yeah. I make this withdrawal every year for the next 30 years? Right. And I find it interesting you said um, that you have to sometimes change your spending year after year, which we know is very difficult for people Absolutely. on a fixed income right. to lower your expenses and or lower your spending rate year after year. Especially so when you factor in inflation. Exactly. On top of so it. it's, very, mm-hmm. it's something that you really have to concentrate on you know are you really going to be able to lower your annualized spending and or expenses when you look at you know withdrawal rates yeah exactly and i think that schiller cape methodology just really makes you think a lot about the assets that you have saved uh, whether or not they're overvalued or undervalued so what you i think would do is you adjust kind of the value of your your uh, portfolio uh, in order to determine what that amount to withdraw would be so if the, the theory behind it is if your portfolio is overvalued then you need to take less than your normal spending amount uh, otherwise you could run into trouble if the market uh, reverts to the mean which it often does mm-hmm. uh, meaning that loses value relative to its earnings and uh, then the next year you would be withdrawing a lesser amount having already eaten too many of the seed if you will <laughs> mm-hmm. from the previous year Right, right. Um, anything else you want to expand on, Peter? No, I just, again, that, that flexibility piece is important. And everybody's situation, individual situation, is going to be different. And uh, DJ mentioned earlier, too, about one of the biggest drivers isn't necessarily that portfolio that you've built over the years, but how much are you spending? That's one of the biggest drivers is, will my money last through my lifetime? Yeah. And and one of the things, let's go ahead and flesh it out then, Um how does Hensler do it? So you come to Hensler Financial, you want a financial plan. First steps, we look backwards at what you've been spending. We also look at the amount of assets you have today. We do lots of calculations to determine really more how you're spending. Instead of trying to change you, determine how you're spending if you continue to spend uh, at the rate you've developed over the last 5, 10, I don't know how far you go yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you try to determine if that's going to continue into the future at a similar rate, uh, including inflation. We just tell you how long your money will last, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting because that's one of the hardest things people can answer. When we ask that question, what are you spending? I don't know. 
Many don't know. Many, many, so many people don't have a budget, don't really know what they're actually spending. Right. You know, they have an idea. Um, so, so when we look at that, you're absolutely right. We look in totality, every, all of your assets that you've got, all of the income streams that you've got coming in the door, your Social Security, your pensions, what have you, and then all of your exit. It doesn't matter if we're managing the asset. We want to know about it because it's all part of the plan, right? DJ, you have to you be honest. Up, yeah, you brought up a very interesting point. And, Peter, you had said it earlier, everyone's situation is different, right? right. So, so if I have a pension, do I still need to take 4%? Of my assets and out of the market? A, that's a great question because in most cases, if you've got an income stream, again, the way we do it, it we don't base planning based off of the average. Yeah, it's a rule you of thumb. specifically, at right. your age, at your spending and your assets, this is what your assets, this is what you can spend. This is how much your maximum spending is to run out of money. Yeah. Somewhere in between, we're going to figure that out because you're, we have clients that are in their 80s that are 90% in growth investments because... They've got those assets that, you know, again, the Social Security or pension are covering their need. So really, they're investing for their heirs, their children, sure. their grandchildren, the the charities in, in which they, they want to gift to in life and death. They're the, the benefactors. So, no, I mean, just because you are a certain age doesn't mean that 4.5% withdrawal rate makes sense. Now, you have your required minimum distribution that you're going to have to pull from. That yeah. could be whatever that but, amount would be. But, but it, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean you spend it, right? Exactly. Right. You don't have exactly. to spend just because of withdrawal. It doesn't have to be a cash withdrawal. You yeah. can move in-kind stock. stock to yeah. a taxable account or gifting in that in that situation. Sure. Um, you you put all of those those factors. those factors together mm -hmm. to get you what it is you'll need to withdraw and your specific needs for retirement. And that's what our planning is. It's not yeah. age-based. It's it's truly a needs-based situation. Now, DJ, you brought up something that's really important, I think, that we probably should flesh out a little bit. You said you've got 90-year-old clients in, or 80-year-old clients in 90% growth investments. I think what you mean is 90% invested in the stock market. In the stock market. That right. is volatile, exactly. as we all know. Yeah. But it also grows much faster, especially these days, than any fixed investment Absolutely. fixed income Think investment about, you can get you know it, it's it's somewhat frustrating to see you know individuals come in they're 60 years old with 60% of their assets in cash it makes zero sense to just just because i'm 60 doesn't mean i need at that much in fixed yeah the Unless, other old you know, rule of thumb right yeah the, the mm -hmm. you know no it's it's based on why right, right. you're you're getting a, a two year cd at 20 bips where okay well point what's 0.2% point 2% for those of you that don't speak finance and what what do we say what do we say a few minutes ago on the year to date return we're at 9% year to date oh, yeah. on the stock market yeah. so yeah. even with a recession even with, yeah right. it, it fell hard second third quarter you know in in the the first beginning of the year right. it was up it went down we're back up so you we use those averages to say all right well here's what your assets will be for your heirs uh you know i think a lot of times when we you want to live a nice comfortable retirement but if you have children you're also thinking of them. Sure. You know, and it, that's just something as a parent you always will do. So if I can leave a little bit something for my kids, fantastic, but I'm going to enjoy my retirement. And, and our clients that are in retirement, we do this planning. Again, it's just about the, the age. Now, sometimes they will be more conservative and say, all right, well, your 10-year rule says I can be a little bit more aggressive in the fact that I can have more in growth investments and more in stocks. Right. Now, may they, they may say, well, you know what? I don't want to be that aggressive. Instead of having 90%, I want to I want to, I want to 80%, you know, and yeah, I'll, I'll kind of do it that way. We can play that, maybe. you yeah. know, and, and, and there is the sleep factor that we obviously identify with, but yeah. you know, it's sure very, you can sleep at night with a portfolio that you own. Absolutely. Yeah. You can still have growth investment, but a conservative growth portfolio. There's a lot of ways to, to, 
you know, keep that dynamic with that portfolio development and that, that plan, you know, kind of going. But I think we're running out of time on this segment, so I think we'll finish this in just a few minutes. So, guys, uh, the last piece of this, I think, is probably to explain. Obviously, Hensler Financial does things differently. We don't use a rule of thumb on how much you can take out. Right. We look at your history, your specific history. We answer the question for you. If you can't answer it yourself, how much do you spend? We project that forward into the future uh, using things like inflation, taxes, various other things that we know change over time. Uh, we also project into the future your income, meaning the various sources. If you uh, assume that your income is fixed, like your own Social Security or a pension, uh, then we know you probably at some point are going to have to withdraw money from your retirement accounts. DJ, you made mention before. Uh, just because you have to withdraw by law uh, doesn't mean that you have to spend it. So, you know, if you're getting a pension and it covers all your spending needs, so be it. But what we do with your portfolio then to make sure that it continues to grow so that you can leave some for the next generation, we determine how much money you're going to need from your saved assets over the next 10 years. The answer might be no. You might start needing something in five or six or ten years from now. Right. But what we do is over the next ten years, we set aside the amount of money that you would need in fixed income securities. What's the deal with fixed income? Well, you're not making too much money right now, but you definitely avoid the volatility of the stock market. Yeah, the security mm -hmm. aspect of right. keeping that in a safe investment is always good. Absolutely. And yeah. it allows you that sleep factor you yeah. were talking about a few minutes ago, DJ. And that is you can sleep at night knowing whatever happens to the stock market, whoever gets elected, uh, whatever happens in Russia, Japan, China, whatever, is not necessarily going to impact your financial situation. Yeah, your investments right. long term, those growth investments, the stocks or mutual funds that invest in common stocks, you're really getting, you know, at this point, what is going to happen to the stock market between now and 2031? Right. That's what yeah. we're looking at. If you think right. about it like that, from now to 2030, your money set aside and the, the money that you'll need is safer for the 10 years. What does the market look like in 2031 when you have to start pulling the portfolio in that year? History tells us in 10 years time, it will be higher in 10 years than it is today. And then, yep. theoretically, if you do have to withdraw some for spending in 2021, mm -hmm. you also replace it. Actually, it's for the amount that needs to be withdrawn in 2032. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it just keeps rolling on like that. And, oh, by the way, if you do have a market event where the stock market declines significantly, we had one of those between February and March. The market was down 34%. Yeah, and now it's up 9% for the year. But if the market does fall and you think that it's bad timing to withdraw your money and put it into fixed income, you've got nine years to wait. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what happened in 2008. We, we were not forced to sell. So what we had is clients that had the 10-year rule had nine years. The next year they had eight years and seven yeah. years of liquidity. And we didn't sell fixed, in, or I'm sorry, growth investments to move in fixed right. income. We kept that as is. We weren't forcing ourselves. We didn't do anything. Slow down. You just take a break. Take it easy. The market will recover. And in a couple of years, they got down to six years. And then we said, all right, it's time. The market had recovered to a point where we were comfortable taking a little bit of money off the table. So we sold some growth, started backfilling that 10 years and, and replenishing their, their liquidity needs at that time. So it's very important to to have a little bit more than you need in fixed income. If Even if you don't want 10 years, 
you don't want to f- wait in January 1 sell for that year's liquidity because you never know what that stock market looks like at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to be forced to and sell. And if you're wondering what is the magic about 10 years, well, we've done a study. We went back to 1925, and we looked at the stock market. Oh, by the way, that was four years before the Great Depression. And since that period, over every 10-year rolling period since then, this is what, like almost 90 rolling periods at this mm-hmm. point, uh, the average annual return on the stock market is about 10.5%. So we assume annually that you're going to make 10.5%. Guess what? The stock market hardly ever hits that in a single year. So you, I think we've seen two years since 1925 where the stock market finished really close to 10.5%. Some days or some years it might be up 30, like yeah. it was last year, 32, I think. Uh, some years it's going to be negative. It's just the, the nature of the market. But guess what? Over long periods of time, you can actually closely forecast the returns of the stock market. That being the case, it allows you that that peace of mind to sleep at night while you've uh, while you got your money invested and you don't have to worry so much about do I need to keep do I need to withdraw 4% or 3% or yeah. think about uh you know how overvalued my portfolio is it's all it becomes insignificant at that point yeah. <laughs> stick around you're listening to money All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.